Good morning, Jerry. Well, good morning, John. How are you, buddy? Hanging in there. Looking forward to the show. What show? Are we doing a show today? That's exactly the question I was waiting for. The bro show. A question we I answer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got the answer. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. For those of you who are new, we are the bro show. We are two brothers. My name is Jerry, and your name is uh... John. My name is John. There it is. There it is. Your name He's is my John. brother. Yeah. We are brothers. We do a show. This is the bro show. We talk about four things. We talk about an animal. This season is a whale. So we're going to tell you something about something that includes the word whale. Yeah. And secondly, we have a word. Every week we have a word. This is the word that may come up in the process of us doing our thorough research into a topic. And that topic is called two takes. It's something we have two takes on. We may agree, maybe disagree. We may be confused. We may be clear as a bell. You don't know. It's the excitement, I tell you. You don't know. We know. Well, do we know, John? No, we don't even know. We, we know. Even know. And the excitement so we, doesn't stop there because we have another no. part after that. Groaners. That's, That's where the excitement jokes. lies. Believe me. Yeah. Bad jokes. Fun. Really weird. Bad, bad, grown. Yeah. Take your pick. Yeah. All right, that's it. Yeah, we do those four things. Hey, what t-shirt are you wearing? Oh, I I got the whale shirt on. Oh, good. Oh. I mean, season of the whale. Well, that's yep. ironic. You have the whale Ooh, shirt on because I have good. I have a different whale shirt on, but it is also a whale shirt. It's called the Save the Whales shirt, and it's ah. a shirt provided by our sponsors. And our yeah. sponsors, who, John? Who's our sponsor? Our sponsors are Save the Whale. It's a 501c nonprofit organization located in California whose mission is to preserve and protect the ocean and its inhabitants, primarily whales. The organization was started back about 1977 by Amaris Siddenstacker. Uh, this lady uh, decided that as a revenue source, they would go for the gusto and do something near and dear to our hearts. And sell T-shirts. Yeah, to this T-shirt-funded day. company. And, yes. And to this day, they continue to sell those T-shirts. And you happen to be wearing one of them. Ooh la yeah. la. Uh, yeah. And so they their uh, their their programs consist primarily of education of children, so they grow up learning about the importance of these wonderful animals. But if the if the need arises and there's a, a special project they can do, research, et cetera, they will uh, also uh, fund those. So it's a great organization. Feel good about it. And it's got this great T-shirt. Let's face several it. And great other T-shirts. Items. Yeah, yes. several great T-shirts, actually. And I've got the long sleeve one. Brother John got it. And he didn't. It, was it the wrong size or something, John? It was, yeah, it was, uh, I could only get a large, and sometimes quality larges uh, work for me. This one was a little bit too big, and right. it fit you like a glove. It looks it does. so good. Oh, so it I'm does. glad it you are the, well. uh, the proud owner of that T-shirt. The recipient. Yes, I am the recipient. Hey, boy, that was exciting. I don't know. Can you live with that much excitement? I, I think I can. 
Yeah, you know, I'm gonna make it. We, I, I think we got to continue on this whale thing because our whale story is going to be a really good one. And it, it's one that kind of starts with me thinking about the whale watching uh, biz. And that made us think about, well, it's really big in uh, on the Pacific Ocean. It's, it's on both sides. But there yeah. it's easy easier to do because the whales seem to get a little bit closer to the coast. So Monterey is yeah. where I'm kind of uh, – uh, it's renowned. And sure it's enough, renowned. Yeah. Hey, Pacific Ocean, there's a mm. whale that really stands up high above all others when it comes to watching because it's so cuddly, it's so cute. That is the gray whale. Perhaps you could get a few deets on this whale and why it's the one that seems to be rather prevalent when it comes to doing the whale watching, particularly on the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Well, this is this is a lovely whale. Uh, you know, I first ran into this whale when I was eight years old and, uh, I was stunned in, by how unusual it is. And so <clears throat> I could talk for a good hour about gray whales and bore you to tears, but I'm going to do my best not to go into that much detail, but it won't be easy. Okay. First of all, this whale is not gray, strictly speaking. It's actually a dark colored whale. I wouldn't say it's black either. I would say it's dark gray. Charcoal gray? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. But here's the thing, see, it has white splotches and uh, discolorations and barnacles and all kinds of stuff all over it. So if you squint a little bit, it looks gray. Oh, that's how it got, that's how it got its name. And this, this whale is a, uh, it's a baleen whale, meaning that it's not a, it's not a toothed whale. It uh, uses these strainer things on, on mm -hmm. you know, fuller brushes on the, on the sides of its mouth, to, you know, the mouth to uh, strain plankton, shrimp, and other stuff, you know, out of the water. Now, you may have heard us talk about this before, but this whale's a little different, John. He doesn't just, like, plow through the water, you know, like a vacuum cleaner, scooping up all this stuff. He's pretty inventive. You know, he, he bounces around on the bottom of the ocean floor to oh. knock stuff up. And then bottom feeder, a little bit of a bottom feeder. So if you're a little bit of a bottom feeder, you might want to go to the bottom of the ocean where there's more food. And guess where that is? That's closer to the coast. Right. Mm, That's closer to point. land. So yeah. this is one of the reasons that whale watchers watch these whales because they're closer to the shore. You are absolutely correct. Now they have another trait too. They're not particularly afraid of humans. And got to tell you, John, this cuts both ways. That yeah. means that if you piss him off and try to throw a harpoon into him or something, he's not really afraid of you. He's going to go after you. So these yeah. were uh, termed dangerous whales back in the whaling days because they were unpredictable and they weren't that right. afraid of you and they would come after you. So there it is. You know, this is a great whale, but there's more. There's more. About Here's size. some more. That is about a 50 foot whale. Ooh, he's, a no. he's, he's pretty long, but here's here's some characteristics that you don't maybe don't know about the gray whale. He's a little more slender than your average whale. Number one. Number two, uh, you know, they have this thing. Most whales have a little ridge on their back. Yeah. And uh, dorsal fin, some people call it. Some whales have hardly anything on their back. Well, this one has a dorsal ridge on its back, but it's very, very uh, far toward the back. 
toward the rear, toward the flukes. Yeah. This thing, this whole, it's, it's like, hey, there it is. You thought maybe, mm. you know, he forgot to have one. But no, he, he didn't. They, uh, the other thing about him that I think is interesting, too, is this is a pretty primitive whale, John. This is not a whale that, you know, uh, evolved for a long time. This whale hasn't, hasn't been evolving for a while. He's pretty primitive. And mm. how do I, why do I say that? Because it has a fair amount of body hair. Body hair. Ooh. A lot of people don't know that whales have hair. Yes, and the other thing is whales have hind legs, but they're embedded in their blubber. Right. But this yeah, guy closer to the legs. good old days. Yeah. This this guy has pretty long hind legs. So if you get the opportunity and you're in Monterey, go check out a great whale. They will let you pet them. Yes. That's, That's all I got. That's all I got. Sounds good. I appreciate the, the description. I think you gave the deets. We got the special nature of this wonderful animal. Word. What's the word? What's the word? word. There's a word. Here's yeah. a word. How, is it a word or is it an acronym? Acronym, acronym, and it's words actually because of it being an acronym is you flesh it out until it's, it's the whole, you know, phrase. So what do Goats, we got it's here? Up and third sings. party logistics. Third party logistics. 3PL. Wow. 3PL. See, there's not that many acronyms that start with a three, so this is new. You know, the most famous is 3CPO, the robot in Star Wars. Yeah, that's where I got inspired. Now people go, wow. Jerry, this is the this is the worst word that you guys have ever come up with, Jerry. That's what people may say. And I would say to them, you don't know what you're talking about. We've come up with a lot worse words than this. Probably have. Uh, you know, yeah. I think if we kind of attach it, we, you have to understand what you did to context. preface the, the, the context upon which we came up with this word is going to be our two-takes topic. And so perhaps if you give the definition, it'll be kind of a tease as to some of the things we might be talking about. Okay. Now, the, uh, first of all, uh, just calm down, everybody. Sit down. If you're if you're standing in outrage or confusion or distress, just sit down. There's no Don't need to get this excited. Don't put your back to lean on your chair back because you might fall no. asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sit toward the front of the chair. It's safer, Eager. really. It's safer. So here it is. Here it is. Three PL. Three PL. Here's the definition: a specialist company that provides a range of distribution, storage, transport. And fulfillment services to customers. Yeah, very good. This is yes. yeah. Th this is a company. Uh, I I don't think they had three PLs back in the day. This is a relatively modern thing. As supply chains got complicated, they needed someone, a specialist, to get them out of a jam. See, I don't. Th I think of these guys. You know, what I think of Mess John. I think of them as mercenaries. Hired guns. Yeah. Well, they're Assassins. there to try to solve some of the problems we run into them, but the crink and the, the challenges and the little hindrances that take place in the supply chain. But I, you know, when you talk yeah. about this being new, I actually went and took a look and found out, looked at, uh, I thought, well, are there any of these supply chain courses, supply chain management? And I found out there's not yeah. a supply chain management. You get a degree in it. It's sort of an interdisciplinary degree of business and like engineering. Yeah. It's kind of a combination of, of, of economics and, and production, et cetera, this and that, whatever. 
so you could go and find out the top 25 universities which offer a degree in supply chain management. Most of them are state schools, U of I, uh, one, one that's near and dear to your heart since it's uh, where you live for a while. All good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure got so, arrested. yeah, it, it, it's new, but it's also popular. If, it's, if you could, it's, it's important enough that colleges and universities are providing education with regards to this. Where does that take us then as we look at it? Um, takes us to our supply chain woes, our two takes topic. And yeah, two takes. It, 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 it's two takes, and it's all about supply chain. Why are we talking about this? This is a this is a topic that seems to pop up an awful lot in many different ways. I think, yeah. you know, we could say COVID and we'd say supply, and you know, we would be talking about it. We could be talking about geopolitical uh, friction, uh, which is happening right now, and mm-hmm. there's talk about sanctions, this and that. It's all about the supply chain, doing either getting it better or maybe just cutting it off. So when we talk about supply chain, what are we referring to? We're referring to, yeah. just to get down to the basics, yeah. we're talking about going from the production of a product to the warehousing, the transportation, uh, all the way through to the retailer, and also to the end user, the consumer. Now, yeah. as we look through this process, the supply chain, why is this a big deal now? Well, if you look at a little bit of our recent history, we find out what's the motive of a company that is making a product is to make it at a very efficient, low cost. And yeah. by doing that, your, your supply chain, you can make it very cost effective and efficient. And yeah. that can be done by making decisions such as buy and sell. So am I going to buy something or buy it or manufacture it? And if you decide to buy it, outsource it, you might be able to do it cheaper. And maybe if you go beyond the boundaries of the United States to other countries, you might even get it cheaper. And also, maybe those countries you're going to, they're maybe not regulated. So maybe you can yeah. get away with everything. Murder. So yeah. the opposite of that is, of course, when you run into hiccups. And what are hiccups? Stuff like uh, the, unprecedented, uh, the unprecedented pressures we are confronted with as, as we see the world today. And that results in you having a lot of an your 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 the good news is you've got a lean and mean chain, but the bad news is you've got something inflexible, which all of a sudden if there's a little piece of it that's not working, it just falls apart. It, it just doesn't not going to work. It, it's one so, of those things that it's great when it works, but when it doesn't work, uh oh. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's a lot of other factors that have brought this on way before our challenges as we see them today. I mean, we've consumers have, have had a demand for more complex and more quality products, products that you know seem to be changing rap more rapidly. And as they change more rapidly, then you have to re you have to go revisit your supply chain and make sure that the supplies you're getting and the product and the quality of those pieces. And you have to understand with some of these more complicated things. There might be a, a part that requires its own supply chain within, or maybe a several oh, yeah. supply chains. Oh, yeah. So we're not oh, just yeah. talking one. And, yeah. in, you know, and then when we talk international, we're, we're concerned about the stability of, of the countries we're dealing with, the economic, uh, you know, impact it might have. And then we have things come up that we, we, we run into supply chain issues. When we think of things such as the European Union, and all of a sudden what happens is we got Brexit. Oh, my God. England yeah. has left it. So w- what is the effect? So there's all these different factors. 
one I haven't even mentioned, and that is environmental. Yeah, that's we right. We also are we're constantly under the pressures of sustainable future, and of course that results in more regulation. So, yeah. I mean, I've talked about some of the issues, but we decided to take a dive into a product, and then it'll kind of uh, demonstrate it. And I think the automotive industry is is a very good example. Yeah, and right when now. we take a look at the you know the manufacturing. Uh, footprint of a car, it, it's it's mind-boggling. We don't have time to go through, obviously, all of that, but the innumerable complex parts that result. And one of them, I think, uh, is something that's through a lot of different things, and that's uh, uh, the, the semiconductor chips, the electronic piece. Yeah. This is yeah. a mind, and maybe you can provide us with a little bit as to how just this one little part plays such a big role in so many products. Yeah, it's true. It does. And sometimes people think, oh, well, you know, there's not that many chips in a car. Yeah, there are. There are a lot of chips in a car. It, and different cars have varying numbers of these chips, but almost everybody has a chip regulating fuel consumption. Why? Because people want to use less fuel because too much fuel really messes up the environment. Too many, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, hydrocarbons going into the atmosphere. So, what could regulate the proper consumption of fuel to, uh, fuel to give you enough power and at the same time not to use too much fuel, be more fuel efficient? Well, you need a chip for that. Is it just a chip? No. You can't just say, well, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glue this chip onto my carburetor. No, no, it doesn't <laughs> work that way. No. You have yeah. to have a printed circuit board. You have to yeah. have wiring to it. You have to have a wiring harness. You have to make sure that the heat of the engine doesn't bake the thing so it stops working. John, there are so How many about Gorilla Glue? Things. Would that work? No, no. <laughs> the answer is no. It wouldn't work. So okay. it's a lot of stuff connected to this. And then people are always making a better chip. And you think, oh, well, Buick has this chip. And Ford says, I don't have that chip. Oh, no, I have to get that chip. Who's going to make it? Oh, I think we'll go to Ukraine to get it made because they're a really big high-tech center. Uh, How would that be right now? That would be not so the, good. That's part of the not geopolitical so friction. It is. I'm trying to it use is. A, a euphemism here for what's going on. Other people it might is. call it something a little more drastic than that. And then what happens when you decide <laughs> – yeah. What happens when you decide not to make an internal combustion engine? Well, then you don't need to worry about fuel, do you? Not no. gasoline anyway. You need to worry about electricity. So then you've got to make sure you can get enough batteries. But the engine itself, the complexity of the engine would go down drastically. This affects your supply chain drastically. Right. Yeah, I think when we take a look at the auto industry, uh, we've obviously got a – all of these very complex parts, and, and you kind of hinted, uh, more than hinted, you mentioned the fact that usually we think about a, a product and its development and a, and a rapid change because customers, you know, the, everybody's trying to get the competitive edge with respect to a car that's got the latest gadget. But we've yeah. also got the issue here of a complete reversal in the type of product. I mean, you're talking electric versus yeah. gas, and we realize that there is going to be a point in time I think that's been predicted that by maybe 2030 or yep. 2035, will between we'll 30 and 35, five things are going to drastically change where there will be very very few. You know, I'll be the last one probably if I'm still alive uh, with a gas car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you well. might you might be you might just be, but yeah. So, that, but 
yeah. It's not the only product, by the way, that, 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 uh, and chips, by the way. People say, how bad is this problem, Jerry? It's really bad because you'll see it if you go to any car dealership, you'll notice they don't have as many cars as they usually have. They don't. That's be- no. no, it's because of the chips. That's the single issue that is impacting, uh, right. more than any other part. And, and, you know, that's not the only industry that uses chips. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, no. I another one. The computer industry is the biggie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one because that's the heart of uh, any computer yeah, is yeah. its processor, its central right. processing unit, its CPU. And this is an area that is uh, – I, I, this is another area where I have to really, really shut up because I, uh, I know too much and, and like to talk too much about this junk. I will just say if you want to get a crash course in supply chain management and computers, you review the life of one Tim Cook, C- CEO of Apple Computer, who was the supply chain expert behind yeah. Steve Jobs. He was the chief think, operating officer who ran the supply chain. I think and Apple was probably has always been thought of as, as somebody's a little bit on the on the they're on the leading edge with respect to this sort of stuff. And the fact is, though, as much as they're on the leading edge, pressures challenges what's happening to us today is creating even for this organization when they've got problems it's really bad because they're the ones who usually are the hallmark they're the standard they're they're the yes the blue chip standard no pun intended no pun intended but they they have probably more resiliency right with regard to supply chain and here's why they do high leverage moves with supply chain, the big high leverage move they made, and this is this is this week they made some moves. So I think it's worth noting. Uh, these guys they do big things to affect the supply chain, and the biggest thing they did they did uh, over two years ago they decided to stop using Intel and make their own processing units, and they made a thing called the System on a Chip an SOC. So this is a single integrated circuit chip that handles graphics, handles processing, handles onboard memory. It does everything on a single chip. And why, you say, is that important? Because that means they don't have to go to outside vendors to get all those things. They go to one vendor to get a chip they designed, manufactured. So less moving parts, less dependencies, and therefore more resistance to problems with the supply chain because their supply chain is with regard to chips, relatively simple. So that yeah. works. Yeah, yeah I, as works. we take a look at the at the auto industry, this will be a little bit of a repeat. Obviously, we got the environmental issues that I've already mentioned, but a big component of, of these industries is labor, and labor. As much as we might try to make it as efficient and use as little labor as possible, we're always confronted with issues such as labor unions, labor laws, uh, you know, different labor rules as it relates to different countries. So, yeah, you, you, you've you got to think about it that way. Also, taxes, whether it be sales or value-added taxes, you got tariffs, you got income taxes as we look go from country to country. You mentioned the vertical actually taking this supply chain and getting a little bit more control of it by doing your own manufacture of it. If you decide that you're going to say, well, look, I'm going to cut out some of these problems. I'm going to merge with one of these uh, 
these extra these these companies that that make up yep. you then run into issues these vertical combinations that you do where you run into potential antitrust issues so there's a myriad oh. of, of problems that can arise as a result of this but i think uh i, I don't want to leave this with a gloom and doom i i, I think no? what the, the things that are happening right now are are making it necessary for us to call upon experts. Hey, look, that's what it's all about. Somebody sees a niche. Somebody needs help. Okay, I can. I, I get the expertise. I do it. This and that. And I think you mentioned it, it particularly with our word for this day. Yeah. Uh, for the show, it's a you good example of you need troubleshooters to come in and implement and get things. So what's happened is we've got a, a, a lot of pressure right now on the supply chain. We feel it as we go to the grocery store and we take a mm. look. One day we maybe see something there. The next day it's, it, it, it isn't. Like uh, Sarah. Sarah went to the yeah. grocery store two days ago. The, there were no vegetables. She sent me a picture. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And then the next day uh, she went, everything was there. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that, that's the, the lay of the land. We, we've seen the news where the, we see the ports where the, the boats are just hanging. Why is this all happening? It's all the cranks and cranks. That we are finding in, in the supply chain, and and hopefully, you know, what's happening will give us a little bit of of, of experience, and that experience mm-hmm. will be translated into more efficient, effective, more flexible supply chains in the future. So, yeah, yeah. So when your kids are are moping around, and you say, uh, Theodore, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the kid doesn't have anything. Just suggest to him he be, he could become a 3PL. 3PL, get a degree in supply man, uh, chain management, logistics. Yep. Yeah, sounds good to me. Why not? I think we need a grown-up. Hey. In fact, we need two. Hey, Today we, we need, need two, two grown-ups. Uh, our grown-ups are provided this by Vincent and Anthony Lauder, Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. And the coach has delivered. So let me give you oh. my first grown-up. I'm ready. At what time? At what time? Do the frog, kangaroo, and rabbit meet at the pub? What time do the frog, the kangaroo, and a and the rabbit meet at the pub? Man, I'm gonna let you take this one. I have no idea. Hoppy hour. Oh, hoppy hour. Hoppy <laughs> hour. Wow. Is that because they sell beer with lots of hops in it? No. It's because these are animals that hop. Is that it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I got it's, it, John. It's, it's, I got it's that weak one. tea. Okay. It's weak tea. Okay. I this one, I am going one. to, you're setting me up. You're setting me this up. This one is, I, 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 it's good, but it has to, it, it, it needs to be given to you in the context. So don't get oh. too excited until I explain it a little bit. Okay. I am excited. Where this is, gonna be is difficult. where is Walla Walla? Where is Walla Walla? Now, preface this after the fact, I'm going to tell you. This has yeah. nothing to do with geography. This is strictly have... a musical groaner. Where is Walla Walla? Think Walla about... Walla Bing Bang. Huh. Got it. It's between Walla Walla, Ting Tang, and Bing Bang. That's, you got it. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I, was just, I, mean, I was just thinking out loud. Oh, no. I know. Wow. Oh. 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 Oh.
this is a song, a novelty song, of course, which is near and dear to our hearts because we're old coos. Yeah. It came out in 1958. Yeah. Uh, it was sung by David Seville. Uh, it's called The Witch Doctor. Uh, yeah. And so it's yeah. it's one that, you know, yeah. it, it's embedded our, in our memories. I think even if oh, we, yeah. get, we get old timer's disease, we'll still remember this one. So that's right. That's right. We will. <laughs> good work. All John. good. Hey, good work on you getting the, getting the answer. What's the deal? I know, that was that was insane. <laughs>